Well, Father Jonathan, I got to tell you something. Tell me. I am freaking in love with the letter to James. <laughs> oh, yeah? It's good. It's a good one. It's just, it's, I'm not sure I, it ever really hit me until this cycle when we're reading it every single week. But it's yeah. just like these like continuous, like taking the gloves off gut punches, you know? Yeah. Um, well, this like was last, pretty tough. <laughs> yeah. So like last week we had, you know, Faith Without Works is Dead. And then today at Mass we had the, um, the what was it? The, um, oh, the thing about passions and war and all that. But then the one for this upcoming Sunday, I just am reading it, and I'm like, this is a real call to task. And he's very, like, bold, you know? In you the way have that he... condemned. You have murdered the righteous ones. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, it's just all in your face. It's so in your face. It's like, weep and wail over your impending miseries. Yeah. You have fattened your hearts for the day of slaughter. It's like, oh, my gosh. Yep. Yep. It's like, he doesn't pull any punches at no. all. No. Well... I mean, it's good to hear that every now and then. The trick is to actually hear it. So, And, you know, it's funny, I guess, just to jump in really quickly. Oh, no, let's wait. Let's wait. Yeah, well, before we get to, yeah, before we get to 26th Sunday, just really quick, on the 25th Sunday, um, I got to tell you, man, it was one of those days where I left the sanctuary and I was like, I think I think I did really well. I think I did really oh, yeah. well, you know? Um, I wasn't insecure about it. I just felt really, really uh, good about it. And I've been noticing, listening back over my homilies since I record them, um, I'm preaching slower, a little bit more uh, <laughs> human speed, I think. Um, <laughs> and you're not going to like this, but my homily today was about nine and a half minutes. <laughs> Ooh. It's, uh, it's getting a little long, but I think that it's um, it's because of the speed. I think I'm preaching slower, you know. Um, <laughs> so it makes it longer. So you should, you should, <laughs> well, so you should make your homily shorter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I need to work on that. I need to work on that. But what I decided to do today uh, was focus in on the second reading from James especially on uh, the whole thing, the question that he asks about what causes war and conflict, and he points out self-ambition. Um, and I just pointed out that in Mark's gospel, uh, the three predictions of the passion that we read, one last week, one today, and we'll read another one in a few weeks, um, all three of them have the self-ambition of the disciples immediately afterwards. It has last week with Peter being called Satan, and then today with the disciples asking who's the greatest, and then in a couple of weeks, James and John wanting to sit at his right and his left. And all three of them are tied to the passion. So it's like the wisdom from above that James talks about as the remedy to that self-ambition, that's what Jesus is calling the cross. That's wisdom from above, is hmm. that you got to die to yourself, uh, yeah. die, die to your self-ambition, and that's what will bring peace, peace to the world. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that's what James is getting at for this week. I mean, and this is this is a tension that I feel. Okay. Are you ready for this, David? Tell me. Father. Uh, it's easy to rationalize and to theologize about what the Gospels actually get at when we start calling out the rich. It's like, mm -hmm. well, you know, it's, it's kind of what you were just talking about. You know, it's the spirit of attachment. It's the spirit of blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But like, at the end of the day... I think they're being a little bit more pointed and a little bit they're shooting straighter than we like to to yeah. admit. I think the first two the first two words of James's letter this upcoming week are great. It's come now. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like let's have serious talk. You know, let's not yeah. overly spiritualize this. Let's not overly uh yeah. interpret this. It's like no no no. Come now. You rich, you will weep and wail over your impending miseries. Like he's not mincing words. He has yeah. he calls the rich to task, you know. 
like and I think Jesus's words in the gospel are true, you know, that the rich can be saved, but it is really hard for them to be yeah. saved, you know? Yeah, you know, and it's like, you know, you're talking about passions and, and what drives us, what motivates us. And, you know, God love them, these guys. Well, somebody's got to, I guess. <laughs> you know, these people that make it to the top of their field, make it to the top of their, you know, to the top of the top. These are, we're talking like 1% of the one, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the people, the, the, the motivation, the drive that you have to have to, to be that successful mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is insane. Like right. regular people don't do that, not because, you know, well, there are many reasons why, but one of them is normal people just don't have that type of a drive right? to do right. what it takes to like work literally 24 hours a day, seven days a week mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. to make it like that. Right. And yeah. I think that's exactly what, you know, what we're, what we're getting at. Like, you know, these, these people are incredible in what they can do, but it's so misguided. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. imagine if we just put a, a fraction of that energy into serving the poor and doing lots of things. Right, right. So the way, the way I see this kind of going with the readings for this upcoming Sunday, I kind of see two sort of two different lines of thought that uh, we could go down. One is what we've been talking about, you know, up until now, which is about the rich. And so, you know, come now, you rich, you know, you're attached to your wealth and all that wealth is going to become moth-eaten and your gold and silver will be corroded. And it's like that kind of drive that you have to, you know, gain so much wealth could be used for good. So like that line of reasoning, you connect it to the gospel with if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. So Mm -hmm. like if your drive and your selfish ambition, like we were talking about with James today, that drive and selfish ambition leads you down a path uh, that gets to severe wealth, like a lot of wealth, but it causes you to sin, you know, by, you know, corrupt actions and, you know, causing war and all that. It's like, well, better to cut off even all those riches that you have. So like, this seems like one line of reflection that we could go down. But then there's like this other thing that's going on between the first reading and the gospel about people who do not belong to the fold but are still doing the will of god like you have the disciples here about the mighty deeds done in his name but then also in uh the book of numbers you know those who it's kind of a weird like some who got the spirit sort of like drizzled on them you know from afar um <laughs> it's an odd way to put it <laughs> yeah well i don't know it's, it's like you know, it's, it's put very strangely i don't know so i don't know that's another line of uh, thinking about it i don't know how those two things yeah connect. so I think they do connect in, a, in an incredible way. And I think you're right in pointing out that calling out the rich while not, you know, nice and maybe even somewhat cathartic at times doesn't really help because there's going to be rich people. There's going to be motivated people. You know, there's going to be these people that, uh, that are out there and around. And some of them are very generous to, you know, to lots of charities and to lots of good works. Right. The very churches so, we are at. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so I, I find it not always that helpful to just to rail on against that. Rather, I think the beauty of these readings and the way that these readings have been put together shows us that if we just, and we've talked about this before, if we just focus on the surface level, if we're just looking at the, at the, at the effects of, of how, of our actions, let's say, um, then it's just not going to take us very far. And it's quite frankly, going to be kind of boring. Like I don't really care to talk about the habits that somebody has over the habits that Mm -hmm. rather, I think what's really incredible is that this, uh, so we, uh, okay, let me back up a little bit. 
so we've been talking about, you know, in these past couple of weeks about Jesus not wanting people to to speak about the things that he's been doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now we've got kind of the opposite, right? There, there are these people that are preaching, uh, driving out demons in his name. The disciples try to prevent them to do kind of just what he was asking them to do. And he was like, no, 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 don't stop them. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and so what I think is the was what I think is the important part is looking at how the Spirit has come upon us. Hmm. And spoiler alert, it has, right? That's the grace of our baptism. That's the sealing of that gift through the sacrament of confirmation, right? Mm-hmm. Like we have been given that spirit that uh uh that we hear about in numbers. Mm-hmm. And so what does that do? How do we how do we live then? I think that's a way a place to start so that yeah, okay, eventually we'll get to talking about our drives, our passions, our things and and we need that, right? That's why that's important to have to have in our kind of as background knowledge in our mind so that we don't end up like that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But the deeper question, the more fundamental question is how have you been changed by that gift of the spirit? So are you are you connecting that to the thing about the rich? by saying that, like, your wealth should be, like, you already have the treasure that you need, and, like, all other treasure is superfluous? In a sense, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't even necessarily say superfluous, although that is kind of the way that we talk about it. Mm-hmm. That the, our temporal things are fleeting, and, and that's mm-hmm. true, they are. But, like, mm-hmm. again, again, like, you, we, can, we can yell at rich people till we're blue in the face, but the fact yeah. of the matter is that we do what we do because of rich people. Well, not only that, but like rich is kind of relative. Like, right? Like you and I have a vow of poverty, but I have things that you know other people don't have, and they have things that I don't have. And it's like who's rich and who's poor. And it's like, well, it's kind of a sliding scale depending on what metric you're using. You know, um, I would even I I don't know. Tell me what you think about this. Maybe we could go so far as to put this in the context of, and this may be a little awkward to talk about, but like a Jesuit understanding of the vow of poverty. Hmm. Where it's not so much like a Franciscan model, where we where we eschew things, all of all physical things, like a temporal poverty, but it's that attachment to things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So if uh, if we look at attachment, so if James is describing, you know, what what leads to perdition, you know, if you think about riches as like attachment to material possessions, like finding your security in those material possessions leads down this moth-eaten path of corrosion. Um, whereas the kind of detachment, you know, cut it off, you know, cut off the, the thing that leads you to sin, like cut off material possessions if they lead you to sin, cut off your arm if it leads you to sin. That kind of detachment is necessary to do the deeds in his name. You know, without that, everything gets in the way, you know. Um, like that might be a way of, like, our disposition to the Spirit is impeded if we're not indifferent, if we're not, mm-hmm. you know, cut off from things that are going to stand in the way of that. Um like if God's spirit is trying to be a conduit through us and we are, you know, stifling the spirit with all these things that we're attached to, then, you know, can we do, can we drive out any demons in his name? You know? Um, yeah, that's certainly one way to go. Cause I agree with you that it's not, I think a very good homily to be up there and just sort of wag a finger at the rich. Cause <laughs> who are, who are they? Like who yeah. in the congregation is going to be like, Oh, he's talking to me. I don't, I don't know who's going to say that. Everyone's going to say like, Oh no, no, he's talking about that person. Like, over there, who's a billionaire, not to me, you know? Yeah, that's funny, because, like, the and even right now, when I'm, as we're talking, you know, Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, all these guys are the rich, you know, but, like, no, man, and especially to your point, like, the poor in the United States are leaps and bounds above the poor in other parts of the world. 
Right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Um, okay, so it's a little slippery for me still to point. So let's just pivot really quick to another big theme, I think, in the gospel uh, this upcoming week, which is also in the gospel for today, but I didn't preach on it, and it has to do with children. So mm-hmm. like today, you know, Jesus puts a child in the midst of them, but then next week with the 26th Sunday, whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin is better to be thrown into the river. Um, so what, what could we do with that? Can you think of anything having to do with the, what is it, the Anuim, the little ones? Yeah, you know, that's it's a different it's a different approach to the last last week because we were talking about um, a childlike faith, a faith mm-hmm. of of uh, of acceptance, um, of trust, and this one is in a sense, I guess, the opposite. You know, whoever is causing these innocents to lose that innocence, it would be better for that great millstone. Yeah, it's yeah. it's tough because now we're talking about punishment in a sense, in a sense. You know, and and we can see the ways that this has been um, twisted and perverted in recent mm-hmm. years to do mm-hmm. great to to do great harm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which trickles down. I mean, people again, people see, people know <laughs> when you when you use something to justify something else. You know, like mm, mm-hmm. that's just not right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, like, what good is actually done by? You know, capital punishment is a great example. Like, yeah, we we try we try to explain about how good it is. I don't know how just it is, <laughs> but at the end of the day, we're putting somebody to death. Right, right. And like, how would a how would a child approach that? Mm-hmm. So, what if um, I'm I'm looking at the last part of that. So, whoever causes one of these little ones who believe who believe in me to sin, so like, going back to this whole thing about wealth, like how much of our system of wealth like necessarily causes people to sin, to become wealthy. Can you think Is of that a question? <laughs> yeah. Like I was, uh, I'm kind of wondering about that. Like, like it, let's just zoom out for a second. Like how many of us work on the Sabbath because of the way that our you know system works, you know, to get wealthy, yeah. um, mm-hmm. just as a simple example, you know, not to get to like how, how backstabby we can be or lying or stealing or cheating our way to the top. Like, the way that our economy perhaps works, you know, with an obsession for capital, it's, it's kind of predicated on needing to do nefarious things at times or egregious things against, you know, the commands of God, like keeping holy the Sabbath in order to get ahead. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if there's anything there. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm also a little hesitant to, to kind of get, it seems to be getting a little lost in the, in the weeds for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, because we're talking about, again, we're like getting into the specifics of, well, what about this? What about that? It's like, okay, we're back in, you know, high school ethics class. Like, okay, yeah, what can yeah, I do? It's like, okay, yeah, we're looking yeah. at this in the wrong way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, perhaps this this metaphor that he uses, it is better for you to enter into life maimed mm-hmm. than with two hands to go into Gehenna. Like, are we willing to 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 damage ourselves so that we avoid falling into sin, whatever it is, doesn't matter if it's good or bad or you know justified or not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are we willing? Are we willing to go to that extreme? Right, right. Especially like I think I think for me the connection. I'm glad that you focus on that part there because I think that for me the connection between the art, like the whole thing about riches, it has to do with this cut it off, the cut it off. You know, because if our goal is heaven, if our goal it's is hard. eternal life, like. Yeah. What it means to describe riches is perhaps the opposite of cutting it off. It's like maybe the evangelical call here is to say, look, 
whatever you refuse to let go of, that's keeping you from God's kingdom. You know, yeah. like like the thing you're holding on to, no matter what it is, even you know, father, mother, brother, sister, you know, mm-hmm. husband, wife, like those yeah, we've things. We've heard that before, right? Like if you're not willing to let them go, like you're not worthy of me. So like it's better for it's not just here. Like here, it's about if you're if these cause you to sin. But maybe like we can go further. If these are an attachment for you and they're keeping you from entering the kingdom because you won't let go of them, then that's as good as saying that they're causing you to sin because, <laughs> you know, you're not willing to let go of them for my sake, you know? Right. Yeah. But, you know, it's 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 a this these conversations are always difficult for me because I find that, you know, I feel like, you know, you and I know what we're what we're talking about here and we know what we're trying to say to each other at least. <laughs> um, but like when people hear this type of language, it's like, Oh, well I just have to cut out and not be a part of society. I just have to quit, you know, paying attention to my family. I have to do, you know, I just have to sit in my own little room and not, it's like, that is absolutely not what we're trying to say here. Right. That's right. not what right. that means right. to cut it off is not to, to remove yourself from the responsibility of life because God has given us this great life. You know, and again, going back to that first reading, you've been given a wonderful gift and it's up to you to use it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And if you, and if you pretend that the only way that you can use it is to cut it off, well, then you're fooling yourself. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Okay. So, uh, 30,000 feet. What do you got? What's your, what's your takeaway? Do you have, <laughs> do you have a, do you have a theme, uh, an idea of what you might? Yeah. I'm kind of thrown around this idea of like i'm a big fan of of going right to the to the root of the issue here right and uh, for me it is what is that encounter and and how have you been changed by it i mean it's it's a it's a it's a homily i preach all the time they say you only have one well this is mine i guess Uh, (laughs) i don't know that it's necessarily a bad one Uh, but like yeah, all of these things that we talk about, all of these things that that come up, riches and sin and, you know, attachments, all that stuff, fundamentally for me at least, it comes back to this question of of what am I doing with this spirit that has been given to me? This mm-hmm. gift that has been given to me. Yeah. yeah. This gift of life, this gift of love, you know, this gift of all the things that, that yeah. the scriptures speak of. Right. No, I like that. And I, I think that that might be my my sort of hinge point as well is like what is true wealth you know and the riches that we claim you know that are that are temporal you know they they rot away they're corroded they become a testimony against us they're moth-eaten but it's kind of where you started with like the gift of the spirit like that's our true wealth and that doesn't pass away you know and so that's treasure in yeah. heaven you know and um, we use the other things and in, insofar as they help us like we, we we can't pretend that we're just going to all of a sudden stop using Time Warner or, you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm, uh, Apple, mm-hmm. because we've decided they're, they're leading people to sin. It's mm-hmm. like, well, that's just not reasonable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I can change the way that I am attached to things. Right, right. No, that's good. That's good. Um, maybe just one last thought for me is to just to throw in a new thing. It's just that the Alleluia verse is from John, you know, and it talks about truth, living in the truth. Your word, O Lord, is truth. Consecrate us in the truth. And the truth of what you're saying of living in the spirit, you know, and that when when we live the life of the spirit, all of the material possessions that we have in the world become means and never ends, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the goal, you know, to live in the spirit in such a way that we 
are reoriented towards like the service of God and using things only insofar as they help us do that. Yep. Boom. Yeah. You got a parting thought there? Uh, no. Go pray. All right, buddy. Till next time. <laughs>